everyone, my name is Melissa Perkins. I'm from Melbourne, Australia, and I'm the co-founder of Live Louder Podcasts and Fitkit, the home of the original Hang Fold Go. Katie Duffin from St. Louis, Missouri, and I aim to elevate diverse voices to live louder. We aim to encourage and inspire our listeners, touching on a broad range of topics, including health, wellness, nutrition, sports, yoga, spirituality, personal finance, family dynamics, and much, much more. This podcast is brought to you by Fitkit. When you're a super busy person and your carry-all is one of the most important items that you can't live without, say goodbye to messy bags and forgotten items. Hang Fold Go by Fitkit is a sport, fitness and travel bag that turns into a hanging closet. Like me, if you live an amazing and hectic life, running from one thing to the next with a bag for each event, you may feel a bit overprogrammed, time-challenged, and carrying multiple bags to get you through your day. The Fitkit Hang for Go has multiple pockets and a thoughtful unfolding design. Fitkit lets you organize and access your gear in seconds. This bag will revolutionize how you navigate your day to manage all the things you need to live louder in your life. Our third Live Louder podcast is with the amazing Logan Miseraka. She is an entrepreneur, dancer and NASCAR driver. But most amazingly, she is super grounded and so authentic. She discusses life as a racer and the disciplined approach that she needs to take each day to be able to reach that number one spot. Enjoy this podcast with Logan Miseraka. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the FitKit Live Louder podcast. My name is Katie Duffin. I am one of the co-founders of FitKit, and I am also one of the co-hosts of the Live Louder podcast. I am here today with my fellow co-founder and podcast host, Melissa Perkins, and we are honored today to have joining us Logan Miseraka. Logan is an awesome person. She's an amazing talent, and we are just so lucky to have her on our podcast today. Um, I'm going to introduce Logan here and then give her an opportunity to introduce herself, and we are looking forward to a wonderful conversation and chat today. So Logan is currently a NASCAR driver in the ARCA Menard series, which how cool is that? Um, she is also a dance coach. Um, she's an aerospace engineer, um, and she's breaking all of these amazing stereotypes of women in motorsports. So again, Logan, welcome to the podcast. We are so honored to have you here today. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, yeah, so I currently race in the Arkham Menard Series East uh, over here in the United States. We travel mostly on the east border of the United States. Uh, we are sanctioned by NASCAR, and I actually started racing when I was four years old. Um, my dad raced, my dad's dad raced, so it's been in the family for years. They usually race more the dirt circuit. I'm more on the oval and asphalt tracks and road course. Um, but yeah, we moved up the ranks pretty quickly, and I was actually a dancer my entire life until I was 19, and then I told my dad I'm going out to buy a race car, so it was between mom and dad as a total battle of mom wanting me to be the, her little dancer and ballerina, and dad wanted me to be the race car driver. So it was a constant war between the both. And I was like, all right, well, I have like $3,000 in my savings from trust funds and this and that. So 
I went and bought a race car and never stopped since. That's incredible. And I can totally identify with the mom and dad battle. I was a softball player, a violinist, and a ballet dancer. Those three things don't really mix. So um, I ended up being a softball player too, which was kind of the dad angle. Um, so I totally understand that. Although I think um, what is um, consistent is the discipline. So discipline of, you know, all of those things. So Logan, you know, with um, discipline, how do you stay disciplined through all of this? You know, it sounds quite chaotic, your life and traveling and doing um, lots of different things. So maybe just take us through like your daily routine, what you do, um, particularly in terms of fitness as well. Yeah, so definitely since a young age, I had to kind of learn young to stay disciplined and I didn't have time to just right after school go and play with my friends. Like it was school, dance, professional dance, competitive dancing, and then my professional show dancing because I did background dancing for Mariah Carey and Janet Jackson back in the day when I was super young. So all the way growing up, since I was seven, I was just drill like on a schedule, like on the weekends, I'm at the dance competitions or I'm at the racetrack. So it always kept me busy. So especially being a competitive dancer too, you have to have that discipline and have that portray, portrayed like presence to an audience, especially in racing where that correlates to with sponsors, marketing, advertising, everything and that such. So bringing it over into the racing world was fairly easy and it's actually a little less disciplined and crazy than my <laughs> high school dance team because that was like drill sergeant, you're doing what you're told, you don't even look to the right until they tell you to do so. So yeah, it's been a little more laid back, but it's definitely a very disciplined sport, especially when we want to get to where I'm at. I mean, it's very hard and a huge accomplishment to get to NASCAR that I'm super grateful for. And especially just on my day to day, I have I wake up early, I come here to work on just like a normal traditional day full time. I sit here, work on my own business. I have papers everywhere of just marketing things I need to do, things to promote myself, promote my partners, things to just get me ready for the races, signing forms, everything that I need to do. On the other hand, I'm filling out merchandise orders, sending it all out. I was telling Melissa prior to this, I'm kind of a one man band over here. So I do everything myself as much as I can and then after work, I jump on the simulator, which is our little iRacing sim for about an hour. So it's just basically a racetrack on the computer and you're sitting in the cockpit and everything. So that just definitely stimulates when you can't go out on the track. And that actually started because of COVID because we couldn't go out to the racetracks. We weren't allowed to be in public. So we all just resorted back to our computers and it actually helps a lot. And then go to the gym. I do a lot of cardio training, especially because it gets so hot in those cars and there's such long races. Like we're in the car two and a half, three hours. So a lot of cardio training and then just some light, what's the word? Weights, yes, lightweight training. <laughs> Try to do and just stay as hydrated as possible. That's kind of the only way I can prep and stay in tune. And my whole life is just racing, racing, racing at this point until... Hopefully we can take a deep breath once we've made it to the top. Yeah, I didn't realize it was so hot. Is it like a sauna, is it? Is it because of the gear that you're in and the helmet and everything? Or Yeah, so I live in Florida anyway, so it's like one of the hottest places ever anyway. 
And, yeah. and practice starts in broad daylight, sun's gleaming down and the asphalt radiates heat from the track. So it could be only 75 degrees outside, but it's gonna be 90 degrees radiating off of the track. So, and then you have the motor and the engine heat bellowing at your feet in the car. So that's heating you up even more on top of having three layers of fire retardant clothes on. <laughs> so and helmet and a baklava and everything. So everything is just like baking you in. So it gets yeah. hot. So a lot of heat training is important. A lot of hydration is important. You drop so much water weight of just sitting in the car for mm -hmm. the time that you're in it. So it's important. So you're not getting out and passing out. Yeah. Um, I was like really interested in the team that you've got around you as well. So I'm assuming that on the track, you have to have a team around you. Um, do you want to take us through your team and what makes you a success? Yeah. So everybody on the team plays a very significant role. So me as a driver, it's almost less important. My job is just to go out there and do the best with what they have given me and stay clean and listen to what their calls are. And we have a spotter who is the person on the radio up at the top of the track that can see everything going on. And they're the most trusted ones in my ears. So I'm listening to them during the entire race. They're telling me what's going on around me because in the helmet, I can't see. It's like horse vision, like just straight in front of me and that's it. And then we have our crew chief who makes all the main calls of who does what and everything. We have a tire guy who goes in and picks out what tires to run, could get the totally wrong tires. And it's so like meticulous and how they choose it. Uh, we just have general mechanics who work on the car, oversee everything. So there's a lot of fundamentals to the business and the team to make it run properly. And my team is located in North Carolina. So I'm not able to see them all the time. I just get to see them on the track. So we definitely have to stay in contact even from the long distance of what needs to get done and what we need to do to improve for next time. Yeah, this this might sound a bit like a cliche, but I was wondering, have, have you ever changed your tire on your car? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you funny can... enough, I had to teach my best friend. She called me. She's on the side of the highway. And she had no idea how to change a car tire. And I was like very disappointed. because I was like, you're my best friend and you still don't know how to do this yet. So I had to like walk her through it and tell her what to do. But I learned that when I was four or five. Like my dad yeah. wasn't going to let me even drive my first car when I turned 16 until I knew how to strip apart a motor and rebuild it. That's so, awesome. I love wow. it. Yeah, Oil it, changes it, done by me, tire changes. <laughs> There's no slack cut in this family. Oh, that's awesome. I love that too. My mom um, was like that with me. So it was like from a young age, no matter what, you're going to be self-reliant, you know, mm -hmm need to be able to change a tire on a car so I really like that and I love that you're teaching others too so that's great it sells it it, it saves you a lot of triple-a bills so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you know I'm really fascinated by your story and your journey so far and you've referenced what your big goals are but I don't want to assume those like tell us about your big goals and how you're going to get from where you are today to there. I would love to hear about that. Definitely. So our main goal right now is just staying consistent mm -hmm. and finding the best partners that fit 
best in synergy with my branding as well to just go through the ranks into the top. And of course, every person in NASCAR's goal is to make it to the cup series, the best of the best, top of the top, like you're up there, you're on TV every Sunday. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's everyone's big goal. But my main thing coming into racing was just to be a role model for the younger girls that want to do it because it is a male dominated sport. A lot of girls get discouraged, whether it be on the track and just a man's ego or just rough words at the racetrack and just being able to like hold your girl and knowing you can still race like a girl and be the best. So I'm wanting to start once I make it up to the higher levels of NASCAR, I want to start a mentorship program for younger generation female drivers aged like 12 to 16 to where the older, more established NASCAR drivers can assist them and tell them what they need to do, whether it be marketing or how they present themselves, how they walk around the pits and what they do and don't do on social media and just behind the scenes stuff that not everybody would know that would just give them that extra push and just be that positive role model for them. So that's one of my main goals. It's just making sure more people get it without being discouraged. Because a lot of people get discouraged and they just quit, which I've been so close to doing so many times, but it's just, you got to keep pushing through. You're so far in now, you just, you got to keep going. So it's breaking the stereotypes, breaking the boundaries. You're the only one who holds yourself back. Just keep going. That's right. That's right. It's so important just to take the next step. Right. And often being the only female in this space, like how does that feel for you? It's, it's rewarding and I, it's not even discouraging at this point. Like, yes, when I was younger, it was like, okay, I'm the only girl at the racetrack. It's kind of awkward. Like everyone's looking at me and they're like all paying attention to how I finish. Like, oh, is this girl going to like finish last? Is she going to be good? So like all eyes are on you when you're at the racetrack. But mm -hmm. like now just doing it so long, it's, we're all the same. Car doesn't tell gender. The track doesn't tell gender. Once you have that helmet on, we're all drivers and we're all out there to do the same thing. We finally like have received this respect for each other, racing with each other for so long that it's, just we're all drivers we're all out there for the same end goal the same victory we've all worked as hard as we could to get to this point so it's definitely developed a whole new respect so it's an interesting world <laughs> it sure is it sure is and I know NASCAR has done a lot to bring forward like diversity equity and inclusion um, kind of initiatives so I feel like it's just such an amazing time for you to share your story and your voice um, so what advice would you give somebody like my daughter is six. She loves watching race cars on TV. Like we can turn that on and like walk away. She's just fascinated. So what kind of advice would you give those younger drivers out there, aspiring drivers who want to be just like you? Start. And I get so many messages of like how girls can get started and how can they do this? And mm -hmm. I'm just like, just do it. I'm like, you keep talking about it. You're never going to do it. I'm like, just show up to the local racetrack, ask them. Can I rent your ride? Can I drive your car? How much is it going to be? Like, can I do this for you? Can I help on the car? Just trying to get incorporated into it somehow. And then just building that positive reputation and that branding for yourself to get more noticed and get more track time and get more training to just develop a name for yourself. And then it's all about marketing. So then you have to build that strong, presentable background in yourself and how you prepare yourself to others to be able to, because racing is money. It costs a lot of money for us to be out there. So a lot of drivers can't just pull out their parents' pocketbook or their own pocketbook and pay the bill. So it definitely takes a lot of behind the scenes and like 
internal business work to do. So for them, you just got to do it and do it with your head held high and don't let anything discourage you and just be business and be professional and do it. That's great advice. That is wonderful advice. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I think that's really powerful for everybody to hear and just the kind of the resilience that you're, that you're talking through and you've referenced like marketing, um, a couple of different times and how important that is. And, you know, I don't want to assume anything, but I think, you know, really good marketing is authentic, right? So how do you drive like authenticity in your marketing and, and that type of thing? So I'm very bubbly, if you haven't noticed by this uh, podcast. I'm very outgoing. I'm very loud. I'm very expressive. Like me moving my hands around like crazy. It's the Italian in me. Sorry. And, but it's all about being creative and true to who you are in your marketing. So there may be Tom over here that is in love with surfing, but he's a race car driver. He's building that brand of him being as unique as he is. And then I'm over here jumping around the pits and riding buggies down the stands and everything. Like, that's just what I'm known for in the racing world. So everything in my content is just keeping it fun, keeping it creative. And I mean, I just did a photo shoot the other day in a shopping cart, like just something just like off the whim that nobody would ever like, know. but it's just me. So it's just keeping it true to who you are as an individual. Don't try to be anybody else. That's not what works for you. Do what works for you and the people who like you will like you for who you are and they'll follow you and support you and whatever you need. And that's the audience you have to keep building because not everybody's the same. And the people yeah. and the businesses who want to put their faith in you and have you market their product, they wanted you to market their product for a reason because you are who you are. So stay true to yourself. Don't look at other people's content and be like, oh, I need to try to do that exactly the way they did that. It doesn't work for you. It doesn't work for your audience. You built your audience off of your niche. Stick with your niche. Yeah, and that's so true. It's um, something that we've learned as well, you know, um, definitely around being, um, you know, authentic and the content, you know, making sure that it actually is true to who you are. Um, You've spoken about business skills a lot. So take us through where you've learned these business skills from. So I'm, I'm not a business major and I could never do that. I tried for one semester and I was like, I can't, like, it was so boring to me. And it was just <laughs> these like professionals standing up in their suits. And I'm like, this is not me. Like I want to do something fun. So then I started doing aerospace engineering, which has always been a passion of mine since I was super young. Like space is my thing. I'm obsessed with space, stars, everything to do with space. So business and marketing aspect was never in my life until I started racing and it was like, okay, this is needed because I don't come from a very wealthy family. Like we're very comfortable with where we live. We don't have just paychecks coming in at left and right. So my dad just told me, Logan, you want to race? You have to get funding and you have to market these products the way that you need to, to be able to bring a value to these sponsors. So I had to learn very young. I'm signing up even to this day. Like I don't have it all perfected yet or else I would be racing every single day in my life if I did. And I take marketing courses online on just apps and listen to seminars and summits and just listening to what other people's information is. Knowledge always wins. So I never 
never just settle for what I know now. I'm always trying to learn more because some person might find something that works a little better and then you can portray that into your own incorporation. So I never was involved with business or business skills at all. That's fully like trying to learn on my own time while I sit here in my office all day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The other thing, are you really good at computer games? (laughs) When you were doing... When you were talking before around the NASCAR online, I, you're, um, is that one of your hobbies or what do you do for fun outside of NASCAR? Well, outside of NASCAR, my like zen mode is going to teach the girls at the dance studio, honestly. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, so yeah. especially being in a male-dominated sport but wanting to encourage young ones, there's not very many young females. So if I go to the dance studio, there's a bunch of young females that I can encourage. So I was like going to that. Plus like dancing is my roots. I fell in love with dancing when I was two years old. So going there, that's like my happy place, my happy space to get my mind off when I need to have a nice balance between the two. And those girls bring such a joy into my life. So that's definitely one of my higher points. Shout out to yeah. studio. Love so, you guys. so what type of dance do you do? Uh, we do a little bit of everything. So we're a competitive dance team. We, uh, they have a few different routines. So we do like contemporary, jazz, hip hop, ballet. So I just train them in all those aspects. And then we go to very high competitive dance competitions. So they've been doing very good this year. So on the weekends off that I can, I always go and try to train them and help them. So their main director is always there at the studio. I'm just their choreographer. Uh, so you've got a really good creative flair and that yeah. like your creative space and I like my little touch on everything oh my that's awesome. unique spin yeah <laughs> um you were talking about affirmations um as well before so do you want to take us through like um the affirmations I know from Fit Kids perspective and Live Louder you know this is something that's quite personal to Katie and I and um I know we've provided you with our Live Louder affirmations and <laughs> yes I can cherish the journey um do you want to take us through some of those and why they're so meaningful for you absolutely so I like I always try to get into my head to never live a life ordinary so whenever I need the extra push or the extra like some everybody has their days when they don't wake up on the right side of the bed they just don't feel like super motivated or don't want to go to the gym or don't want to go to work and they just want to stay in bed and sleep it just it takes that little extra push so I'm happily in therapy I'm very open about that with everybody it just I think everybody belongs in therapy just to better themselves and just find a new way of thinking because knowledge wins so it always just gives you a new route to think whether your way works or whether it doesn't like you always have someone to bounce your ideas off of so I didn't start heavily getting into positive affirmations until six, seven months ago. And now they are surrounding my office. So, and I grew a lot heavier into my faith, like around that time too, six, seven months ago. So I would always find little scriptures in my Bible that I can put on my little whiteboard that I have. And then I'll put like random things on it for the day. And right now it says best because I like to think I'm the best. I have 
affirmations on just little sticky notes around my office, around my space. I have them in my car, on my things. And every time before I leave in the morning, I try to say five little positive affirmations to myself before I head out the door. Just before I put makeup on, before I do my hair, waking up as insect-like as I look, just say my true feelings to myself in the mirror of how I need to portray the day. And my therapist always says, you, as soon as you start saying it to yourself and saying it to yourself, you're going to start believing it. So if someone says, oh, you're ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly, you're going to start believing it. And then that's going to set the negativity in your head. So it's overriding the negativity with the positivity and just saying, I am this. And like, as mine says today, I cherish the journey because I mean, this isn't an easy gig. This is not an easy world being a NASCAR. It's not an easy ride. It's not smooth for anybody. Everyone has their ups and downs in life, no matter what. NASCAR is hard. And especially me, I'm only 22. So I have like a lot of responsibilities for a 22 year old as compared to a lot of people I know. So that's a nice little reminder that everything I'm doing is worth it. We're going to make it to the top. A lot of doors will be shut in my face. We're just waiting for that one to open. So affirmations just get your mind turning. It keeps them in the right space. And then, I mean, they weren't written for nothing. They had to have been written for something. <laughs> no, it's so true. I love it too. And um, yeah, it's something that's, um, you know, relatively new to me as well. And you're right. It's just, um, it gives you that extra edge. So it might be that two to three percent, but when you're um, so competitive in that space as well, that makes a massive difference. Um, those, you know, two and three percenters. So um, in terms of fitness, so I'm assuming as well, um, you were saying the heat, um, but also just the wear and tear on your body because you're, you know, from for someone like me that um, doesn't understand NASCAR, you know, sitting in Australia, we don't really have, I think we have the Bathurst 500 and I might have even said that incorrectly. <laughs> um, you know, what, what does it take um, in terms of staying fit outside? Yeah, so Racing is kind of out of tune with any other fitness routine because we're we're just sitting. We are just sitting in a car. So it's not like we have to be as bulky as a football player, which is actually this like a disadvantage for us. So driving, we just have to work out our arms so we can do this all the time. And there's like power steering of going around the turns. You have the G-force. So it's always working around your arms. We have a helmet on and the G-forces is pushing our head. So it's always like keeping that neck fully aligned. Like, yes, we have proper gear to try to keep it in line, but we always have to like get a nice neck workout. And then of course, just like maintaining your body, keeping it healthy, keeping it hydrated because they are long races and just preparing your muscles for the beating and banging that you are going to be doing out there. Like God forbid, fingers crossed, you don't get an erect, but if you do, things are going to be sore. So if they're like properly worked out and used to this feeling, they're going to be a little less sore. So it's just kind of staying on top of everything, but just mainly focusing on just a nice, lean, comfortable, healthy physique, nothing too overboard, just staying hydrated. Yeah. So um, have you had a bad crutch? No. Jeez. Touch wood. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Nothing yet. <laughs> bad crutches cost a lot of money. I don't even care about the injuries on me. I care about the money about the car. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, no, not the car, not the car. 
I've, I just thought you'd have insurance. Oh, no. They won't, they won't cover you for insurance. So that's it. You have to pay for the whole car. Oh, my God. No wonder. Okay. You break it, you buy it in the racing world. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that makes a lot more sense then. That's, um, yeah, that would be very stressful. Oh, yeah. You even just tap another car. That's, uh, there you go. That's a $300 bumper right there. You got to fix it. Yeah. Uh, it adds yeah. up. It gets pricey. Yeah, it's a yeah. high risk, high reward kind of sport, right? Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really incredible. I mean, your journey and what you're working on, I mean, especially considering your your young age and everything you've accomplished, that's that's amazing. Um you know, I think um, you really exemplify what living louder means to um, you. So can you tell us, like, when you hear the phrase living louder, like, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? And how do you live that way? I think it's just being a voice and having a voice that you can just share proudly and confidently to others and let them follow along. And just being, like I said earlier, I like to live life anything less than or anything more than extraordinary or ordinary. Like I like to just live beyond the boundaries, push my limits as much as I can. So living louder is just having that voice to just show people and model it to everybody that we can be extraordinary in our own way or in other people's way in different people's eyes. So it's just exposing that voice to others to make them feel even better about themselves too, to push themselves. I mean, not only am I in like the loudest sport ever, <laughs> it's, it's very noisy in there so I live in the loud lane <laughs> uh, just to finish off um is there anything um that you wouldn't leave home without Ooh, my journal my journal every time like I'll just have like a right idea in my head or a new content idea or a new thing that I want to do or a new program I want to start or something I want to get done it's always jotted down in my journal so I do not leave home without it it stays in my purse all the time and of course my phone because my whole business is on my phone so I can't live without my phone literally <laughs> I can't run my business without it so those are my two main things my journal and my phone Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, Absolutely. Really appreciate it. And um, yeah, you're really, truly amazing. I, um, you know, believe that you will definitely succeed. You're very driven, disciplined, and no, you don't even need to cross your fingers. Because <laughs> I know it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank and, and we you. want you to know it as well. So it's truly incredible. So thank you so much, Logan, for your time. Um, and we look forward to seeing you know, what you do. Absolutely. You guys will be involved. So it's all right. I'll be talking <laughs> to you guys again. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be cheering you from the sidelines for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Thank your, you guys so much for squad. Yeah. No, no problems. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Logan. It was an honor. Thank you so much.